Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Well, welcome to the last podcast of the 2018 season. This is probably the longest intro that I've ever written for a podcast, so please bear with me. This weekend was amazing. Oktoberfest at the Audubon Country Club. What a great weekend. Started off Friday, my wife and I came out to join Alfa Romeo and Maserati, who had brought some brand new cars to the track for hot laps. On Friday, I drove the Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quattrofoglio, and my wife had to go in the Maserati Gran Turismo. Uh, we're just so lucky to have these wonderful cars out in the track and to try some brand new cars for hot laps. Uh, Saturday, another amazing day at the track. I drove probably the best car I've ever driven, the quickest car I've ever driven, and flew a helicopter all in the same day. The best car? Motor Trends Car of the Year last year, the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quattrofoglio. The quickest and also the newest member for lunchtime touring, the Tesla P100D, and yes, it does have ludicrous mode. And Elite Rotorcraft came out on Saturday to give rides in two different helicopters. One of the pilots was also an instructor pilot, and I was able to get my first helicopter lesson. I've flown about every type of aircraft possible, and I have every possible rating for fixed wing, but I don't have a Rotorcraft rating yet, at least not yet, but stay tuned. I look forward to my my next lesson. Saturday, uh, well, there's a chase race on on Friday night, chase race on on Saturday, and stay tuned for more about that. Miata race, GT race, and radical races all going on, and then uh, on Saturday, if you missed the track weather on Saturday, you missed the most bizarre weather I have ever seen in my entire life. All within 60 minutes, we had a completely sunny skies, followed by sleet, rain, snow, so hard you couldn't see across the track, followed by more sun, and then an incredibly intense snowfall again. Oh, was the last cart race and also family day. Had a huge slide out there, rides, and a little mini train driving around. Uh, Terry Weber, of course, did another fantastic job putting that all together. Food Friday night. Oh, Chef Peggy uh, outdid herself. It was amazing. Uh, Started with Oysters Rockefeller, and also a local microbrew, Migraine Brewing Company, was in the clubhouse giving beer tasting. Uh, Saturday night, another great meal. And then Sunday brunch uh, was as good as always. I also want to mention to please keep watching for the Wednesday email talk around the track. Make sure you're getting that. Make sure it's not going to your spam folder. And make sure you're on the list. That has all the announcements on it. You can always go to the club website, audubonmembers.com, and you can see that this latest information there. I do my best to keep up on the announcements for the week and upcoming events, but I don't cover them all. So that's the one place you can go to that you can get all the information. Uh, The awards banquet is coming up uh, November 3rd, so um, please um, email email Terry to uh, register for that. Also, on November 3rd, there's going to be a 3.5-hour enduro going on. So that is going to be the last uh, road race. and email Mike Gritter to get involved in that if you'd like to be involved in that. 
Staff Appreciation Day is November 10th, so come out and you can give the staff rides for hot laps. They are also going to have their own kart race and autocross. So um, the members can come out that day and they can help be corner workers, work the kart track, help with autocross, all that stuff. I really enjoyed uh, the staff appreciation days the past few years, and I just hope everybody comes out and shows the staff how much we appreciate them. We're not actually done with all racing at the Audubon Country Club because the winter rally cross is coming. It starts in December. Uh, the schedule's almost done. If you're not on the list, make sure you email Kyle Nato to get on the list for um, all the rallycross racing. If you want to know more about rallycross, I did a show, the number five show, where we talk all about rallycross, how to get involved, how to get a car, how to race, exactly what happens, and how to have a blast sideways at 30 miles an hour. This winter, well, I also want to give a plug to the Autobahn YouTube channel that Kyle Nato runs. This winter, my son and I are going to do some contributions to the channel about Rallycross. So please subscribe and check that out. Well, now finally we get to the most important part of the podcast, our interview today. We have a special guest this week, Mark Stodalski. He is the Audubon Country Club building chair chairperson. I sat down with Mark at his office in Joliet to talk about Build Autobahn. If you want to know about what's going on with Build Autobahn, this podcast is for you. On Saturday night, October 20th, uh, 2018, the entire club had a chance to hear the presentation from Bobby Rahal about our future. In case you missed the video, it's available on the Talk Around the Track email this week. This is be the, 20, uh, the 24th of October is when this podcast is being released, 2018. If you don't get to talk around a track, again, make sure that you email uh, the track to get put on that list. It's been a great opportunity to host the podcast. I would like to thank all of our guests. I would like to thank producer Mark McFarlane. I'd like to thank Mark Basso for the opportunity to do this. And also I'd like to thank my semi-co-host, Kyle Nato, for uh, always coming on the show anytime we needed him to fill us in on what was going on. I look forward to next year's shows. We have a ton of stuff in the works. We've already done several interviews for next year. You can contact me at podcast at auduboncc.com. Our next podcast will be the first week of April 2019. So everybody have a great winter. See you at the Rallycross and see you on the track next year. And now, here is Mark Stodalski on the Audubon Country Club podcast. Stodalski? Mark Stodalski. 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 Yeah. And that's, that, that's not a French name. It's not a French. <laughs> actually, I'm 50% Polish and 50% Dutch. Okay, how, how many generations your family? Do you know any history of how long you guys have been here? I, we've traced the um, the Dutch side. Matter of fact, we just had a family reunion this year, um, and I got all the documentation. Well, we've traced a Dutch heritage back to fifteen sixty five. No way. Yeah, that's pretty I, cool. I was really impressed with that. Um, the Polish side, we haven't got much information on that. Hmm. 
And so right now we are in your office here in Joliet, Illinois. Uh, are you from Joliet or have you, where did you grow up? No, originally, well, I was born on the south side of Chicago near Midway Airport because my dad worked for the airlines. Um, then we moved out to Prospect Heights. Um, that was back in, oh, about 1958, moved to Prospect Heights, uh, was raised there. Went to grade school, high school, uh, then about uh, when I was when I was eighteen and graduated, uh, went to college uh, up in Milwaukee. Went to Milwaukee School of Engineering. Oh. Uh, moved here in about eighty-five. Uh, company I was working for bought this company, and I was transferred over here, uh, and uh, been here ever since. And we had just before we started here, your dad uh, was a pilot. How long for United? When did he start? Did he fly in the military or anything before? He got- yes, he was in the Air Force at the end of World War II. Actually, right as the war ended, he enlisted and was over in the South Pacific where he was a mechanic. And then um, I believe he got his pilot's you know, got pilot training there, uh, and uh, was um, finally uh, left as a uh, staff sergeant. Oh, okay. So a flying sergeant, probably, I think is what they called them yeah. back then. Yeah. Very cool. The P-51 Mustangs, that was his. Oh, that was the plane, right? Yep. Oh, man, I love that plane. Yes, I looked, as a matter of fact, I looked at it the other day, oh, I'd like to have a Mustang, and I looked the other day, and Saw how much they cost, and I should have bought one when I was 18. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I should have bought sure. every Porsche that I wanted when I was 18, right, too, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, interesting. I had a friend one time who said uh, he owned a P51, and I said, hey, I'd love to come fly that plane. He goes, well, he goes, how much uh, T6 time do you have, which was a, a train, a World War II trainer, right. big uh, yeah. tail dragger steel airplane, and I go, uh, he goes, well, he goes, uh, you got 100 hours in a T6, don't you? And that's all we need before we put you in a Mustang. We'd like to have that. And I go, uh, no, Mike, I've never flown a T6. Yeah. But if you have one, I'd like to fly that too. He goes, yeah. oh, yeah, we got one of those too. <laughs> His dad owned the Evergreen Aviation. I went to pilot training with him. He's a super nice guy. He was yeah. a, he was a, um, uh, a cart driver and a race him and his brother Mark Smith and Mike Smith. They were on the – Mark was on the um, bubble a couple times at Indy, made it all the way to Indy, never got oh, to wow. race in it. But they were big race fans. He was F-15 pilot, uh, unfortunately passed away in a, in a car wreck. But he was a real nice guy. But he had a lot of airplanes. Yeah. A lot of cool airplanes. Uh, so I, I, I guess this whole year I've kind of – when we um, – had one of our uh, first interviews with Rob Wiedenar. We talked a little bit about the committee you're on. Yes. And bef- and so I've uh, this whole year I've been wanting to talk to you about that. But let's start a little bit. How did you get involved in the Autobahn or, or racing or cars and all that stuff? Well, I was interested in cars, boy, when I was a youngster. You know, would, would build models, uh had a little slot car track in Prospect Heights back in the early 60s and would build my own cars and race them on the slot car track. And uh, 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 
those are like the big slot cars that yeah. you used to go down to the yeah the, the little store the bigger, or whatever whatever ones yeah yeah those are they cool. had a track set up and we would race there and uh, by the time I was sixteen and got a driver's license uh, I I went to every race I could find anywhere you know Union Grove Wisconsin went up to the Milwaukee Mile. Uh, I've been to uh, the Indianapolis 500 every year since 74. Uh, just an avid uh, fan of, of, of racing. I lived in a lot of different places in the United States and would always seek out whatever <laughs> kind of racing they would have there from, you know, from the mud dog racing down in Mississippi to the sand bed racing out in Kansas and anything I could find. So uh, always a race fan. Uh, didn't have much in the way of cars. Had trouble with cars. Cars and tickets kind of came <laughs> together. So um, I had it. My first car was a 67 Mustang. Drove that. Convertible? Coupe? No, just a coupe. Coupe? Yeah. Uh, drove that through college. Uh, picked up numerous tickets. Uh, and at that time, I figured, you know what? I probably just should stay away from cars on the streets so uh, ever since then I've owned vans and pickup trucks and three different generations of Broncos and and so on uh, but always had that that dream of driving but never had an opportunity um, then heard about the Autobahn through uh, a, a mutual friend and he said hey you might want to be interested in this there, building this track out there and you're going to be able to drive so on this the is track. before it opened so early on oh this is very yeah. early so um got in ta- contact with mark Basil. he came and we sat in this very room here and he gave us a sales pitch and uh me and my business partner here um both uh, signed in as uh, founding members oh you're a founding member oh awesome yeah, yeah. yeah. So how many? Do you know how many founding members there there were? Well, there's 40 founding members, and then 10. There's, I guess you'd say 40 A founders and 10 B founders. Sure. So we were B founders, and that the, the 40 initial were already sold, and then they decided to let 10 more out. The the 10 B founders don't get their money back, where the A founders, you know, was more like a loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but but we have all the benefits of a regular founder. And so, what year would have this been? Good question. All right, 2000, 2000s? It was it was probably six months. I would say six months before they broke ground. So it was two thousand three ish, something like that. Yeah, probably somewhere in there. And uh, so what, what What did Mark show you? Just some plans or an idea? Did he have anything? Uh, I don't even think he came in here with plans. <laughs> he just had a dream. Just the idea. And, you know, uh, our friend, our mutual friend said, this is, this is a good deal. Uh-huh. So we went, you know, based on what he told us and then Mark's uh, pitch to us, uh, we, we thought it was going to be a great opportunity. Wow. That's cool. So you saw the whole thing. Get built. How, how early no. did you go out to the to the site? It, pretty early on, did you go out there for a visit? Well, I was out there for groundbreaking. Uh huh. So day one, for yeah, that, day one. Uh, we, you know, tried to help as we could. You know, we're in construction business. We actually built uh, 
we built the existing members building. We built the registration building, uh, the, the cafe, and then several of the other uh, garages, Team Stradali and Eurosports. We built their garages uh, early on. So we were, we were, you know, on top of things <laughs> there. Oh, very cool. So what, just to touch a little bit about, about your business here, so how it, it's... Lynn Blad, Lynn Blad, Lynn Blad Construction yes. here in Joliet. Correct. And how long has that been around? You it said- was incorporated in 1947 by the Lynn Blad brothers. Um, they uh, formed the company back in 1947, and then the company I was working for at the time, Townsend and Bodum, bought Lynn Blad Construction to get into the ComEd market here. The company I was working for uh, built powerhouses. Oh, okay. And, of course, ComEd owned all these powerhouses and nuclear plants. So they wanted to get into this market area and, and bought Lindblad Construction because Lindblad Construction was doing some very small, they were a very small contractor doing small jobs at, at the ComEd power plants. Hmm. So I was, about a year after they bought it, they had found out that my first job out of college was working at a Comet nuclear station. So they thought this could be a good guy to th- throw in. So <laughs> they transferred me here. And, and, and through the years, I, I worked between Townsend and Bodum in Lindblad, and then finally about 85, um, landed here permanently. Okay. And then in 1989, the opportunity came up to buy it. So me and a couple other guys bought the company. Uh, there's two of us remaining now. Got it. And what what all projects do you do? It sounds like you do pretty big projects, not just a few buildings, but you do pretty yeah, big we're, projects. Yeah, we're kind of specialized in the heavy industrial market, chemical plants, refineries, processing plants. We do a lot for ComEd, uh, underground utility, uh, the civil portion of that. We've um, developed a very specialized uh, group for uh, industrial concrete. It's probably our, 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 our biggest revenue generator is, is the concrete end of it. But we are a general contractor. So you do, do it all. Yeah, I saw some of your awards here in their office about the concrete uh, uh, specialty aspect mm-hmm. of it. So, yeah. so I, I, de- I developed uh, wind farms, big wind farms for years all down in Texas, which oh. was a lot of concrete. Have you done any wind, oh, yeah. wind stuff? Done, and- we do the substations. Mm-hmm. So we do the civil, the civil work for the substations, the site development, all the underground foundations. Um, we do quite a few a year. We just got done one by, uh, with one down by you in Champaign there. Oh, yeah. Uh, just finished it up yeah. about a month ago. Yeah, we developed uh, all over West Texas. We we tried to do a few things here in Illinois, and it's, it's a different it's a different social economic environment in West Texas yeah. than it is in Central Illinois, where the you oh know, I know I worked <laughs> in the desert Southwest in Kansas and it's a lot easier down in Mississippi. I tell you, it's world of difference working in those places. Yeah, we would just walk into the Justice of the Peace and get. You know, a, a TIF district or tax abatements, everything, all sitting at a truck sometimes and at his ranch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, that's pretty cool. 
So how, when you first got on at the, when you first joined the Audubon, where did you do extra stuff? Like obviously with the, with the building committee, this is an extra committee. Had you been involved in other things, uh, other different committees there or? Well, I was. Did they have that formal setup kind of back then? Probably not, I guess. Well, when it started, um, shortly after it started, they, they, they had the members committee. Uh, I was never a part of that. I've, you know, we've sponsored the racing series for several years. Um, the other involvement I had was probably in the, in, in the starting of the Spec Miata 2 class. Um, me and another guy got together and, uh, over the Christmas holidays and said, hey, wouldn't it be great if, uh, since the Spec Miata series is getting so big, if, if the people that could never come close to a podium finish. Well, what about if we formed another group at a lower level uh, and, you know, had, had a series for them? So, um, you know, I approached Mike about it, and um, he bought into it and said, okay, it's going to be self-governing. You guys need to set up the rules and, and so on. So uh, we carried that through, and, uh, and that's turned out. Well, yeah, I'm... I'm very interested. Right? We have not, you know, I, I just bought me out of this year. So for my son and I, in hopes of him to eventually get into in, into that series, he's he's only 14, so we're not not in a big well, hurry yeah. yet. It's not in a big hurry yet. But that is something that I, I do want to touch on: is the difference between the Spec Miata series and the SM2. Is that the official okay. names? Yeah. SM2 well, is it? SM1 yeah. and SM2 is that? No, or just it's, SM? It's Spec Miata and it's SM2. Okay. It's okay. Spec Miata two. Okay, and what was the first car you had on track out there when you, when they? It was a Spec Miata. Was the first car. Oh, I had taken some driving schools. Well, actually, I took a radical school before I bought the Spec Miata. I didn't know what I wanted to drive. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, "Hey, they got these radical cars. They're they're great," and so on. This was many years ago before anybody had one out there. So I did the, um, did the driving school out at Spring Mountain, three day class out there. Um, came back and said, "Yeah, I'm going to get one of these." And uh, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm talking. I was talking to Mike Keck, and, and Mike says, "You don't want one of those." He says, "You've never driven on the track before." I said, "No, I haven't." He goes, "You want one of these?" And he showed me a Spec Miata. So he sold me on that, and, and thank God he did. I, I mean, it was the right way to go. So I, I bought that Spec Miata. I still got the same one. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Um, you sell the same one? Yeah. yeah. Probably a lot of work has been done to it over the years. I yeah, bet. me and my son, we do most of the work ourselves on, on the cars. We've rebuilt Does he Is things. he raced too? Or is he... Yeah, he just started. How old is he? He's 25. 25, so he started racing too? And... A couple years ago, yeah. Awesome. Neither one, I have two sons, and neither one of them were very, very much into racing. And I finally talked to uh, my younger son and said, why don't you come out and, and give this a try? Well... One time in that car, that's all it took. <laughs> so he's got a car, too. Oh, Spec Miata? Or what, yep. what, year, what year are you This guys? is a 90, and mine's a 95. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, what, what do you think uh, is the most challenging thing about driving a Miata? Well, surprisingly, it took a lot more mental concentration than I ever thought. Hmm. Um, I also have a Formula Mazda, 
which is pretty intense too. Uh, but but the, the spec Miata is just you know a car you can really throw around, and it's a lot of fun. Wow, what a what what a comparison between an open wheel indie looking car to a spec Miata and. What, do you race both? Do, obviously, you race the Miata. Do you race the, or had you race the? Yeah, Formula I had Mazda? raced the Formula Mazda last year, but the series is there's just not much open wheel going on out there. Right. Um, me and another guy, John Oliver, out there. We're we're going to try to work together this winter to try to raise some some interest back into Formula Mazda because there's plenty of them out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would like to drive them, but they just are hesitant about getting in one. So. Uh, My I, son is not hesitant about getting in one. He would get in one tomorrow. Well, I'm sure, <laughs> he would I'm sure my son would jump in mine if I said go for it. I like the idea of a coach sitting next to him yes. <laughs> while he's driving right now. Yes. Even though he obviously brings up, well, I'm driving a cart with nobody's in there with me. Uh, I go, yes, I get that. But <laughs> but <laughs> he, has, he always has a good argument about that, mm, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, so the um, if we can move down, uh, shift gears, pun intended, to the uh, members committee. When was that? Or the excuse me, the building committee. When was that formed? Well, the building committee started um, in February at one of our members meeting, members committee meetings. Tim O'Donnell came to the meeting. Uh, with uh, with and Tim O'Donnell, Tim, Tim O'Donnell is the is well, C- CEO. Is yeah, that, is that the right? Okay, yeah. CEO, an owner, one of the original, <clears throat> one of the original. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he came to the meeting um, and said, "Hey, we want to do something here out of the Autobahn. Uh, you know, we, we we you know we've 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 reached a point where we need to to make some changes out here as as far as facilities." Uh, to promote growth, uh, get more of the membership there. I mean, if, if you're out there on the weekends, I, I'm there almost every weekend, and it's basically the same core group of people that come out there. So there's probably 300 members out there that very seldom use a facility. So, you know, the idea is, is what do we need to do to get more of the membership involved out there? Mm-hmm. So he came and said, you know, hey, we're looking at, at doing things. We're not exactly sure what we want to do, but we have an architect that's been looking at this for some time um, and, and, you know, went through uh, what was on his agenda as far as, you know, expansion and stuff like that. And then he suggested, you know, we'd like to form a billing committee. And he kind of looked at me and he says, somebody like Mark, you might, you know, you might want to consider being part of it. You have a construction background. You've been out here um, since day one, um, and and then he left it at that. So uh, a week or two went by, and I'm going, I wonder exactly what he was looking for here. So I call him up and say, Hey, can we meet? Um, I guess the biggest part of why I wanted to meet was is. Because I was due, at, at that point, I was going to start chairing the members committee. And I thought, well, if he wants me to be on the building committee, 
I don't want to bite off too much. Sure. So I went in, went in and met with Tim. I said, what did you have in mind? And he, he told me, you know, I'd like to have a committee to, to you know, uh, be the conduit between the membership and, and, and the Audubon board. And I said, well, what, you know, what, what kind of, what, what did you have in mind for me? I said, did you want me to chair it? And he says, well, yes. I said, okay. I said, well, I, I needed to know that because I'm supposed to be chairing the, the members committee and I have to make a, let me, th let me get a few days to think about it. And I took a little time to think about it and got back to Tim and said, okay, um, you know, and we worked out some some conditions like who's going to be on the committee and and things like that. So that was in February. February, um, right at the beginning of February. Then on, so we decided that February twenty eighteen. Yes, right. February twenty eighteen. So we we decided that okay, we we, we had to decide who was going to be on the committee. Uh, we decided on a total of nine. That's pretty big. Um, yes. But we wanted a good cross-section. We thought that was, I, I thought so, and, they, and, and the board did too. It's, it was critical that we get a good cross-section. Mm -hmm. um, so they came up, Mark and Tim came up with their list of candidates, and I came up with my list of candidates, and we met on February 13th uh, for a sit-down to, to, to review the list that we had come up with, and surprisingly, um, most of the names were on both lists. Oh, that's good. So it wow. made it very easy. <laughs> there was only two or two, maybe two that, uh, two or three that, uh, you know, they had somebody that I didn't, and wow. I had somebody that they didn't, and so we negotiated, and we both felt very good about uh, the committee, and we, of course, we picked some alternates because. Um, you know, a couple of them that I had called declined mm -hmm. just because of time constraints. Sure. Um, so we had alternates, and we agreed on who the first alternate would be and the second alternate and so on. So um, we ended up getting everybody we wanted and, um, and uh, had our first committee meeting on March 1st. We were under the gun at that point because um, the annual members committee or the annual members meeting was coming up. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be able to announce that there was a, a building committee formed and we wanted to uh, introduce who was on that committee. So we had to scramble to put everything together. Um, so March 1st, we had our first committee meeting um, and went over, you know, the purpose. We, we, we sat down and, and, and came up with the purpose for the committee, uh, which was important. Uh, we define what we're gonna, what we're there for. Um, from there, um, you know, March tenth was the annual meeting. So at that point, uh, I got up and gave a brief talk about the committee and what we were there for, and introduced uh, introduced the members. So that's basically how it got started. Uh, how often do you guys meet? Well, we've met. Ten, uh, Tonight's going to be our eleventh meeting. Wow! So, so just in six, so a couple times a month, you guys are meeting. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, it's our tenth meeting. Our tenth meeting. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, I mean, 
at the beginning we met uh, March 1st, uh, March 12th, and then April 18th. Uh, so we were pretty consistent. We have a lot of meetings in between, you know, conference calls and, and things like that. Uh, we had this reveal date that we were setting up to reveal what's going to happen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've pushed that back a couple times. We were a little bit too aggressive at the beginning. One of our main objectives was, was how do we get the word out to the membership? We know Talk Around the Track has a pretty low hit rate. Um, you know, depending on who you talk to, 25 to 33% of Talk Around the Track is red. So we wanted, to, we wanted to explore other options in getting the word out uh, to create some excitement about this expansion. So we looked at all different types of, you know, the media, um, and of course, what you will see Saturday night is, uh, which is history now because we're playing this next week. But um, <laughs> you'll see that um, what we came up with was we wanted somebody other than um, on the Audubon board to make this big announcement. So we wanted to get somebody well-known, but not on the board. So luckily, Bobby Rahal is one of our mm-hmm. committee members, and we asked him, uh, would you do that? And he said, yes, I would. Then we thought about, you know, how many people are going to come to the re- to the reveal? You know, if we get 100, 100 to 200, that's good, but that's not the full membership. So what can we do to, to capture this? to be able to show it to everybody. So we decided to do a, a, a video presentation. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a, we had a, we developed a script uh, with some video to go with it. Um, got Bobby, Bobby was very busy. He was, he was with us quite a bit at the beginning, but you know, then in the racing season started, it's hard to get a hold of, so we had to communicate with him remotely. But we finally nailed him down um, about a, about a month ago or three weeks ago, and, and did the videotaping over in his garage. Oh, cool! Very nice. So, uh, you guys were, were meeting, and I know initially during because I was at the members meeting, there was, you know, we might do this, we might do that, we might do this, and or might not do any of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that was a pretty blank canvas I'm sure going into those first initial meetings to um, did things change a lot as 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 it went on as or did the it appears there, there are four four elements to this based on the posters and the emails yes did that did that change quite a bit, or did that shrink or grow? Or it was you know, work in progress. There was a lot of development in it. You know, and what are we going to do first, and how are we going to do it, and what's the financing going to be, and and, and so on. Um, so we had to sit down and think of a way that this could be done, and and, and we decided let's let's start calling it phases. Okay. Okay. So phase one, as as you know, is going to be the site utilities. They all had to be expanded out to the locations 
of the proposed new clubhouse. Uh, we needed we needed uh, more facilities in the existing clubhouse because that's maxed out. Um, and then we needed utilities to go over to the go-kart track for, for that expansion and provisions for any future. The, the architect is, is, is really great because he looked at this. He says, let's not look at the problems we got to solve today. Let's look at where you want to be in 10 years mm, yeah. so that we carefully plan this thing so that there's options there in the future for your expansion. So a lot of thought went into that. So, yes, there was a lot of reworking of what we're going to do and the priorities, uh, the way we're going to stage it. Also, there had to be a lot of planning on what's going to disrupt the operations that are going on there now. So you need to phase it and, and, and try to schedule it so that we don't dis totally disrupt operations when the track's open. Mm, right, right. So if so, phase one will be electrical, sewer, water. Phase one is renovation of the members' building. Current members' building. Yes, that's going to solve a problem we have right now, and that we just don't have the space there we need, especially for like lunch. If you go there for lunch on on a Saturday or Sunday when things are going on, there's not even a place to sit. So. You know that whole front area is going to is going to be strictly for eating. The bar will come out. Uh, a new bar is going to go in the back. We're going to have some separation walls so that, and if events going on in the back, we'll be able to close some overhead doors and still have the bar for the members. Maybe there might be select times where we have to use a portable bar up front for the members. Uh, you know, we all got to make a few sacrifices to ultimately get what we want. Uh, I'm sure there was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really imagine. It's a, it's a big project. And trying to get all nine people's input and ex other input in was probably pretty difficult to manage. So the members' building gets expanded uh, physically or just remodeled inside? Just inside. Just inside. And out front, you'll have the pergola out there. That's going to get redone out front with with glass overhead doors. So in the summer, you can open those up, uh, and people can use that patio area that was built out there. And it'll be reconfigured a little bit with, with some canopies and things like that so that you can sit outdoors. Oh, very cool. And, and the glass overhead doors is going to open up, you know, that back area, not only for... The new bar, but for the main uh, floor area in the back there, there'll be some large glass overhead doors. So you'll look out at, at, at the interconnect uh, oh. between the tracks. Oh, okay, cool. Um, does does the food or kitchen, uh, the kitchens now, the main kitchen is in the cafe. Is that going to be moved up there? Or is there? No, that won't be moved up there. Um, there just isn't enough room. Mm -hmm. the, well, the new kitchen is going to be in the new members' building when that eventually gets built. Okay, so phase one is remodel the the utilities and the clubhouse, and that will take place this winter. It's actually started. <laughs> <laughs> the remodel hasn't, but. Uh, Getting ready to get ready. Go-kart yeah, yeah. go track is always also phase one. 
oh, well, as huge in uh, go-kart participants, we appreciate that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's really growing out there. Uh, we're there all the time. And it's, it's, you know, in order for this whole expansion to work, the club's got to generate some income mm-hmm. to support it. So that was something we really looked at hard was, you know, what, what can we do to help support these expansions? It's because it's, it's going to take money. You know, remodeling the members' building will help some, and hopefully it generates more food business. Uh, they get some more sales there. I, I believe we're going to put in, you know, a tap and soda fountains in there so uh, they'll cut their expense down because right now everything comes in bottles. If you want a, oh, sure. you want a water, it comes in a bottle. If you want sure. if you want a Coke, it comes in a bottle. You know, now now with fountain drinks, it would be much much more efficient. Well, the, fu- the fu- yeah, just to plug again for the food, the food's amazing. I mean, oh, just absolutely yes. amazing. And I do hope... This winter to get uh, Chef Peggy on the podcast just to talk to her oh, about definitely. her, her yeah. culinary expertise because I'm we, my wife and I we're major food people and boy we are never disappointed never disappointed no. everybody I ever <laughs> brought there says it's they pretty amazing it. we've had our we've had our company Christmas party out there for many years and and you know we have probably close to oh I think last year we had 170. Oh, people out lot. there yeah. for the Christmas party, and just everybody just loves the food. Yeah. So we can't believe it. <laughs> right. I often joke when I bring people out there, I say, so when we order here, can you believe this, that the food's going to come in a van from that yeah. building over there, and it will be piping hot and perfect and wonderful, which is, so I'm, I'm out flying airplanes all over the country, and I'll go to a building with four walls, and they destroyed a hamburger. It's terrible. Yeah. But yet in Las Vegas, if you're behind security and you can get outside, there is a food wagon out there that makes an inc- it's a Mexican food wagon. So they have Mexican food, but they have the well, some of the not only great Mexican food, but this a hamburger and French fries are just to die for in yeah. on wheels. And so it's it, it and I always think of that when I think of the club. I mean, how unbelievable! It's just it's just care and uh, desire. And wanting to do a good job, and boy, they sure do a good job at our club with the food. Yes, that's for do. sure. So, and it's a struggle. I mean, with with the facility she's got, she's if it's a struggle, it, it, it right? Somehow. It's all yeah. behind the scenes because it sure. To, I mean, it comes just so good. Um, yeah. So I'm getting hungry now. Okay, so food. Uh, back to the go kart track. Yeah. So uh, I interrupted you. Sorry about that. So. Um, it, working with the expansion in the go-kart track for phase one will be, um, and you had mentioned, uh, more revenue opportunities for the club? Yes, we're looking at uh, having some public hours there mm-hmm. open to the public. We're putting in a separate gate that the public would be able to access through. Uh, there's, there's a proposal on the table for lights at the mm. track. Mm-hmm. Um, now whether that's whether that's ends we end up doing that now or later, uh, all depends on you know financing and the, the final cost. Um, most of the estimates are in. Uh, some contracts I believe have been issued already. But yes, that that could be a huge source of income 
for the track to help support the expansion. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it really all comes back to the club. And that's to be determined on what that would look like with the public access? Oh, it's already designed. Okay. Design's already done. It's been submitted to the city. Uh, the city's reviewed it. They gave us the blessings. Uh, contracts, you know, bids have already been taken. As you see, there's some equipment right. out there. Equipment's been mobilized. <clears throat> so... I meant yeah, from the aspect of the public access okay. portion. Is that kind of been decided on when that, when and how that will, will take place? Well, we know when. I mean, I, we know where. Okay. That's already been established. We've already got approval to use that. What would it be? The fire, the, the south. Yes. Is that Center Point Road? Gate, yeah, 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 off yeah. Of Center Point Road yeah. there. Uh, the city's the city gave us a go ahead that we could use that as a <clears throat> public access point. Mm-hmm. And the, so there's the parking is the parking's been expanded way in in that area to a, a large degree. You know, and then of course. Addition to the track uh, configuration, where there'll be some elevation change and some banking, and the new addition part put on there. So is, it's, it's going to be an exciting track. Is the track going to take over the skid pad, or is skid pad going to stay there? It'll still run on the skid pad. Okay. Uh, we can we can run it on the skid pad, or we don't have to use the skid pad. But there'll be specific uh, go kart track expansions. Yes. Will there be a separate? Two separate tracks, like one for public and one for no. private. So it'll all be, be one track. One track, yeah. and um, and that should be done this winter. Or is that we hope to? It'll be done next year, probably during the summer. Okay, during the summer. Yeah, it'll we'll start as soon as we can here. Um, so the know. new track should maybe open up sometime in the summer. Yes. Okay. We're, we're, the goal is is to try to get as much done now. Uh, that would disrupt the operation there, get the disrupting parts done uh, when the track's closed mm-hmm. so that by April 1st we'll be able to open the track back up okay. and continue with with whatever work that needs to be. There's yeah. a lot of work in there, storm sewer and you know, a lot of reconfiguration for the parking areas and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And would the p- public access, would that be through the e- evening with the lights, or is that through the day, or just certain hours every day, certain hours? It would hours? just be, it would be certain hours. None of that's been established yet. Okay. Okay. And uh, additional facilities down there also? Yes. You know, eventually there'll be some kind of building down there, whether it be a modular or, or, or trailer or a permanent building, you know, that, that hasn't been designed yet. Okay. But the idea is to have an area there where you can have some classroom for orientation for people going on the track because mm-hmm. now you're bringing in the public. You need to, you know, give them some some basic training. Mm-hmm. Um, having, having, you know, restroom there, having uh, some food and beverage there, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And storage, like the, the that we often see at, at, at car tracks, the store, the little garages, is that? Well, that hasn't been determined yet. Uh, I I know that they're starting as as the leases come up on some of those garages built right there. Mm-hmm. They've been taking some of those back and turning them into storage, storage. Yeah, because they need it. Yeah, 
with the amount of carts that are there, which is massive. <laughs> um, all right, that's very exciting. Is there any other phase one type? No, that's it. The that's go, for the, the phase the one. Cart, the utilities, and, and, and the building renovation. Okay. And you said there's four total phases. Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. So what was what's phase two? Is well, that phase two is uh, the family area. Oh. Which we're gonna we're sending out a survey uh, very soon mm-hmm. for that area. Is that gonna be a separate building? Is that? It, it, it could be a lot of things. It could be uh, part or all of, you know, walking paths, biking tracks, uh, biking paths, hiking trails, um, a pavilion, a splash station mm-hmm. for kids, a remote control radio oh, cool. track. Yeah. Sure. Uh, up, up here and, and, and cover out by the pond for, for fishing. Uh, a, a lot of... We haven't. We're throwing ideas out there right now. Mm-hmm. That's the part we really need the membership to come back and let us know what 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 does the majority of the people want out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, very interesting. Um, and that sh- is that a winter survey? Is that the plan for that? Or is that going to be next summer? Or? That survey should be coming out next week. Next week, okay. And will that be via email or? Yes. Okay. It's a survey monkey. Survey monkey, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Use very it. very short, simple questions. Not as complicated as the survey that was sent out in twenty seventeen. Uh, this is specific to the family area. And we want to use that going forward for other improvements out there. Uh, our 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 biggest goal here is we want to make sure the, the track is accommodating what the membership wants or needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then the final, uh, the third phase, what's the plan? What's the... Well, the third phase is the new members building. The new members building. Yes. And location, do we have a location? Well, we have some general ideas. Okay. Okay. You know, and, and, and it could be in the cafe area mm-hmm. uh, towards... Between there and and the South Timing Tower, somewhere in in that general area, mm-hmm. uh, there's reconfiguration of the roads and the circle, and there's all kinds of things um, that need to be looked at and where that building goes. You know, we want to keep the building separated from other events that are happening at the track, so the members always have a place that's just for the members. Mm. Sure. So we don't have parking problems, and um, you know we have easy access in and out. We don't have to drive through the entire paddock to get to the members' building, because mm-hmm. uh, that's always <laughs> that's always a challenge. <laughs> I, I mean, but I love, but I love it. I, I love it when I go to because I like seeing all that stuff. So, yes, I'm usually gawking out the window, driving very slow, so, watching all the activity there, which I think is awesome. Uh, and I miss. Is there a survey for the members' building also? Is that? Oh yeah, that's that, forthcoming. That's that we haven't awesome. even really gotten uh, too in depth on the members' building right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to get through each one of these phases. So phase one would be kind of done 
next year, 2019. Yes. Phase two would be. Well, it'd be following year? that, but it, it all depends on what we're going to build out there. Right. What are, what are the what does the membership want? We we need to know that. That's why that survey is coming out really quick here. You okay. know, we've we've got phase one under control now. Now we're looking at phase two, mm-hmm. and we need to jump on that. This stuff takes so long to plan. You know, we've been we've been working on this since um, since really since February. Right. And we haven't really done much yet. Mm-hmm. But it just takes a lot of time. We have to, you know, we have to draw up plans of what we want to do, and then. You know, the committee reviews it, the board reviews it, we have comments, let's change this, let's change that, then it goes back to the architect, he's got to change things. Um, then you've got to look at, um, you know, permitting issues and just a, a lot of different things that need to be looked at. So it all takes time. Sure. And so a member's building would be started next, what's the kind of time frame for that, do you think? Do you have an idea? Does the on when that would be completed or started? No, I don't, but it's in the future. It's it's not something that's going to be done next year. Oh, yeah, so just, a couple of years down the it, road. It'll take probably from the time we start seriously looking at it, it's going to take nine months to a year to get it okay. designed and finalized and approved, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, first we got to determine what do we want in that building. You know, we got to... We'll put a survey out. You know, do you want a fitness center, locker room, showers, uh, banquet room? How big is the bar? How big of a bar do we want to have? Um, you know, the kitchen's going to have to go in there. We want to make sure we get a, ch- a kitchen that's going to be able to service the whole building. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, offices, <clears throat> because we're going to repurpose the uh, existing members' building. Oh, okay. All right. So that would all most of that stuff would move out into the new. Yeah, the plans are is the offices are going to get pulled out of that. Okay. Existing building, um, and and possibly a remote kitchen put in that building to service that building for you know vendors that are renting that or events and different things. Yes. Oh, okay. So the building committee is not even close to being done. <laughs> no. <laughs> it almost sounds like the work is just being yeah, started. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, 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 we're all able to take a breath right at the moment because uh, after what we've been through, the, the family area seems like it's not going to be as difficult as what we've just had to go through. Mm-hmm. We, we've done a lot of other things, too. You know, we've, we've gotten estimates all this work because myself and Bill Keeley were both in the construction business mm-hmm. uh, so we were able to, to help them out in, in, in getting budgets done and, and things of that nature sure that makes a lot of sense right right yeah. and to know what bids are appropriate and not yeah really quickly being able to analyze that yeah hmm. yeah. yeah very cool wow pretty exciting I must say um, you know, as a, I still consider myself as I'd finish my third year as a, as a new member. It's neat to see things. I mean, obviously we were happy with it because we joined, right? And now we yeah. get to see um, things go on. Is this? I, I would guess in your time here, this is the biggest ex, biggest expansion plans probably that's taken place. I mean, oh, definitely. Over the time, it's just been one building here and one building there. Right? Yeah, don't forget. I mean. 
originally, the members building we were in was a temporary members building. Oh. It was never intended to be the permanent. Um, the new members building was supposed to go out there in the area where the family area is going to be now. I mean, the ground's already been stripped there. Um, we came very close to building it. As a matter of fact, we had to contract to do all the concrete work for that building. And we actually had equipment loaded up and ready to go out there when they when they had to pull the plug on it. Mm-hmm. You know, because the economy just tanked and um, it was just decided that... Not right it, now. It wasn't, Not yet. Yeah, it okay. wasn't financially prudent to, to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you so much for the work on the building committee uh, from a member. I appreciate you and all the other members. Uh, and I'll do my best oh. to thank each one of those individually. Yeah, I for, should, but we didn't say who was on the committee. Yes, if you, have, if you have their names, we'd I love their to names. know. Yeah, who is on the committee? All right, so besides myself, we got Francesco. Mm-hmm. From Team Stradale. Yeah, Bill Keeley. Um, Jim Missick. I know you know Jim, mm-hmm. right? Because you introduced you interviewed whose son George. just won the Ignite series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty exciting there. I, I I will say just <laughs> so Jordan and Jim, we had them on the podcast, but uh, I watched Jordan drive a cart on Sunday. Uh, super human. What he did to execute a pass should have been videoed and studied by every single kart racer in the world. It was absolutely stunning for a layman to describe it. He had a pass going and basically slid his rear end, drifted it over steer, however you want to do it to park himself in front of the guy he was passing, not making a single bit of contact anywhere. It was, I watering to see now that's my description of it but uh it, it was pretty incredible who and of course he went on to win to win that race he's too. a great radical yeah. driver um, too and his radical driving has been pretty incredible lately yeah. too yes yeah. so i i we're big fans down at the kart track he's well both the whole family is very very helpful like everyone is down there and it's such a my other plug for the kart karting stuff is um the, the two things that, that we ha- have been closest to is because we paddock right there, the carting stuff and the carting stuff's going on, we get to know everybody, we get to have friends, and we get to know people. As opposed to the big track where people kind of separate, that and also the rally driving is if you come out to the rally, we're all paddocking right there, we're hanging out before, we're hanging out afterwards, um, and that's where we've got to know quite a few people in in those two areas but I, you guys have heard me say that on the podcast a lot so I'm, yeah. uh, that's yeah. uh, um anyway sorry so jim okay. <laughs> jim missing so jim missing um ben shipper ben ben's a newer member uh julie casey uh do you know julie i don't know um she's engaged to man alexander you know man Alexander. Mm-hmm. sure yeah okay. yeah okay uh bobby ray hall Jim Hammond and Jeff Thompson. So in there we have a couple building owners. We have a social member, a female, um, short-term member, long-term members. You know, really tried to get a good cross section, and it's worked out really well. Everybody uh, is is 
really heavily participated. We, uh, we have an agenda every time we meet. We have action items that we assign. Um, all those action items get done by the next time we meet. So I'm, I'm really proud of the, the committee. They're all just doing an outstanding job. Yes, yeah, so that, that podcast would like to really thank all of those for the dedication they're doing for all the members. That's really uh, um, a lot. I think it's a lot to ask. And as you said early on, everybody couldn't fulfill those those duties and stuff. So that's awesome. Um, if anybody would like to get a hold of the building committee, yeah, you guys have an email address, right? Yes, buildautobond at gmail dot com. Buildautobond at gmail dot com. And that comes that come, that'll come straight to me. So the committee will will review it. We can you know keep it anonymous. Um, do you want, uh, and the best way to for input and ideas will be the surveys coming up. Surveys, yes. Please answer the surveys. I hope everybody answers it. The survey we, we've got out there is so, it's only 10 questions. And then an opportunity to write whatever you want to write. But I, I just strongly urge everybody to use that. Um, there's usually one of us on the track at all times. So, you know, please come and see us. Um, you know, I have a garage out on the south, um, the south phase two. Uh, I'm always there on the weekends. You know, of course, Francesco's there hmm. constantly. Uh, or any of the other members, please, please come to us and talk to us about anything. That has to do with this this building expansion. Okay, great. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate your time today and uh, pretty exciting events coming up. I enjoyed it. All right. Thank you. Great. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast.